Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above bigger obstacles that life will present to you. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. My next guest is a industry uh, friend and a personal friend. Uh, he's a music industry executive, television producer, and senior vice president and general manager of RCA Inspiration. Inspiration is the number one label in gospel music, home to Kurt Franklin, that's my man. Fred Hammond, that's my boy. The Walls Group, Landry Johnson, and many, many more. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. I, I call him a visionary. Please welcome Phil Thornton. Man, my, I'm honored, man. You're the visionary, <laughs> man. Come on, man. We both visionary. Hey, I, I learned from you. I, so you, much, know, man. I, I, you know, I thank you for that compliment. Uh, I know I enjoyed lunch, and that means that once this calms down, I miss your smiling face. I did see you in L.A. when you're being honored in the Legends Award uh, ceremony, yes, and a uh, uh, good friend of ours, Kelly Rollins, uh, brought you on stage, and uh, many more good people could bring you on stage. I was just happy I was there to, to see you being honored, honored for that. Tell us before we get started, because it's all about music, it's all about a body of work. What it felt like to be a, be honored at that at that ceremony? It was humbling. It was uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe it just to be in the room filled with so many people that I've known since my journey in this business, mm -hmm. at starting at twelve years old. Just to be in that room and to feel that love, mm -hmm. it just it was humbling and just grateful and just I couldn't even believe it. I, I almost. Couldn't even remember my speech. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just overwhelming. It was overwhelming. Well, I, I was happy because of the fact that I know I, I was blessed with that honor and it was unexpected. And that, that, those are the type of honors you, you appreciate more because, you know, you're just working hard. Okay, Phil? And then somebody taps you on the shoulder, you know something? We noticed that. We noticed what you're doing. And yeah. and it's a blessing. We want to bless you by honoring you and telling the world what we think about you. And we also know that the uh, celebration always benefits, go to charitable donation to help out people who have not uh, been successful in the business or have fallen on hard times. So it's a dual honor. You get honored, but also we celebrate by honoring uh, individual, uh, 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 creating income for in individuals who are suffering or not doing well at that time. So it's a, it's a double edge celebration. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and to my, you know, my understanding is we raised a lot of money that night, and which is, I mean, it surpassed the goal, which was the blessing in it all. So that was great to hear that. So, yeah. We know we do, you know, just we're going into the uh, our third quarter and uh, we, we started out the year smiling, then the pandemic hit. And uh, uh, now we're into this uh, civil unrest, which is understandable. That's an African-American man. I'm just going to let people know one out of one thousand black men and black boys who are stopped by the police are likely to be die. That's a stat that a lot of people don't know. I read that story in the Los Angeles wow. Times. That's 2.5 wow. times higher than white men. That happens to white men and white boys when they're stopped by the police. One out of 1,000. And people wonder why we are concerned about police <laughs> brutality, uh, concerned when police stop us as black individuals, especially black men. 
And just let's just talk about uh, your business from a perspective, starting with the pandemic when it hit, some changes you had to make in the whole circle of communicating people, your personal life, your business life, Phil. You know, when that pandemic hit, this is uh, in March, we're actually on, uh, you know, past the, the 80 day market since we've been quarantined and uh, social distancing at Sony Music. So we, you know, our meetings have been converted uh, to all Microsoft Teams meetings. So we're still getting some FaceTime, but it's it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we were sharing all of our meeting agendas and, you know, data and sales, and everything by way of the share feature of Microsoft Teams. But it's just, it's been quite a transition, but we've still been grateful to release music videos and songs. Because some music videos we had already in the can, mm-hmm. and then some we actually created over during the pandemic, but we're being very responsible with the very limited crew and social distancing. Mm-hmm. So we've still been recording songs and albums. Mm-hmm. We've still been recording music videos. One of which is Kirk Franklin's new video, which just came out called Strong Guys. So mm-hmm. we actually captured that over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So can you get that video to me so I can put it on my social media and my newsletter? Because I didn't know anything you, about it, my brother. You know me, you, man. I'm a marketing guru. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you will have it in your inbox shortly. Yeah. Thank you, no man. Work. Kirk, my boy, you my boy. You talking about Kirk got a new song? Come on, man. I got to yeah, put that in my song. newsletter. New song. Yeah. Def- <laughs> definitely get that and posted. It's so timely, and, it's, and, it, and it's so timely, Rashawn, of what Kirk's talking about. The song is called Strong God, and he's speaking about some of the social injustices you know, in our country right. and just you know everything happening and he addresses the pandemic. I mean, it's a really profound, such a powerful song um, and powerful video. So Absolutely. Well, t- this month is uh, Black Music Month. Um, yes. I, uh, I talked to Deanna Williams. I call her the mother of Black history or the brand ambassador of Black history. Yeah, that's my mother. She's, uh, she's incredible. I, I always tell her, she, I say, I, you know, we won't see, like like with you, I don't see her enough. And uh, this is going to change in the third and fourth quarter this year because uh, we're on a mission to change the game. And she was telling me about the uh, the Hall of Fame or the museum that's opening in Nashville in the Labor Day weekend or that month of Labor Day, month of September. But let's talk about Black History Month the importance of it, the importance of black music, period. Well, I, as an individual, as, as a black man and as an executive at a major record company, I celebrate, I celebrate black music 365. There you go. So that's, that, that's just my position, but we're going to put extra emphasis on black music. For the month of <laughs> yes, sir. You know, how about that? So, yes, sir. So, I mean, black music, but when you think about black music and black musicians, it is, they are the basis of all genres of music. When you think about R&B, uh, hip-hop, blues, well, let's go back, R&B, blues, jazz, gospel, like, so many genres of music were derived from just those initial genres of music, those are rock and roll, mm-hmm. country, mm-hmm. like, those are created by black individuals, mm-hmm. and so this is a month where we, you know, just salute and honor them, I did an op-ed piece in Billboard uh, last year about the importance of black music, right. and the continued importance, not only about black music, but black executives. Right. And that's another thing, I another like area, because we also need people in the boardrooms and at these companies to reflect the music that we're releasing at these record companies. Well, you so, know, it was really important because, like you said, with Kirk Franklin, it's timely. Music is timely because music plays a major portion, a major part in protests, made a part of inspiring people. Music, yeah. mu- music is emotionally driven and that that emotion can turn into 
activation, which can turn into change. So, so being a guy who's been in the music business and, and, and cause you're an inspiring figure, you know, you know that, you know, that like you said, it's something you've been wanting to do since you were 12 years old. What, what, what those the natural instincts of music that affects you feel? Music just, it, you know, I listen to it when I'm happy. I mm-hmm. listen to it when I'm sad. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to it when it's trying times and we're going through a crisis like we're dealing with, whether it's the pandemic or some of these horrific, you know, traumatic events that we've witnessed, not heard about. Right. We've seen the videos for, for Brother George Floyd and mm-hmm. Amara Arbery. We saw those videos. We right. saw and heard that audio. So, you know, like when I think about the civil rights movement, you know, the actual movement itself, right. music was such a part of that time. Mm-hmm. But it's such a, you know, when I think about, you know, the, the Curtis Mayfield and the James Browns and mm-hmm. the Marvin you know Gaye, you know what I mean? Like a lot of these, so again, these brothers, they were speaking to what was happening mm-hmm. during that time. And to me, it's no different. Mm-hmm. So to me, music, I, when I listen to those songs, I was listening to Marvin Gaye actually uh, yesterday. And, uh, I'm in Dallas now. Uh, but, uh, you know, literally I was in, in my hotel just vibing out. And I'm like, man, just some things haven't changed. But it's getting the lyrics. Still, they're still here and they're still present, but it just makes me think about that time and how to cope and get through what we're dealing with now because we've seen this. My ancestors have seen this. My parents, my grandparents, my family, they've seen this before, but they made it on the other side and so will we. But music is a, is a source to getting to the other side and coping and helping you deal with the stress and just the anxiety. But uh, yeah, that's, that's music for me. Wow. Brother, brother, there's also many of us dying. Marvin Gaye. Ooh. Woo. Come on now. I got chills. I just got chills when you said that. Those <laughs> lyrics, think about those lyrics. As, as, you know what I mean? They still impact you the Come same way. Of us dying, okay? If you play that song right now on top of George Floyd, you play that song right now on Amon Amar- Aubrey, you play that song right now on top of Breonna Taylor, you play the song right now on anybody that's black in America will understand what that is. People who may not just hear there's good music. We hear it as uh, an anthem of truth yes. in our yes. community. And that's why, you know, that's why that's why when, when the whole concept of Black Music Month in the month of June was being recognized, I felt it was important because sometimes we need to take a moment and say, this is why music, this is why music makes a difference. You know, you're, this is why we are, we're, we're special to us. And that's why it's important that I'm talking about it. And you're, you're being a person that delivers that content and knows how it affects people, not only just in record sales, but how they get up, how they live their day, how they celebrate weddings and birthdays and parties. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I, I know that when I was driving, Phil, when I was, I, I drove from when the pandemic immediately hit, I, I, I didn't fly. I drove from Atlanta to Houston where my family was at and so I loaded up about 150 of my best songs you know <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't load up no talking book no audio book I loaded up 150 of my best songs and I hit the road brother and that's what but that's how you told the door because it just <laughs> it takes it helps you just the time goes away because you think about those wedding celebrations you think about those cookouts and barbecues right you think about those birthday parties like those yeah. songs are so synonymous just and again and a lot of them created by our very own people our own black people like for real Woo! past and present come on my friend i'm talking to my man phil thornton he's a television producer senior vice president and general manager of rca inspiration he's inspiration's the number one label in gospel music he already just sneaked it in on me that kurt franklin and dropped a new one that i'm gonna get today and tell the world about it this week we'll be right back with more with my man phil thornton
Hi, welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm on the phone with uh, the Senior Vice President and General Manager of RCA Inspiration. I always look at myself. I, I feel good about my life. I feel even better about my life when I've impacted or I influence individuals and let them know that they can do what I do and do it bigger. He's one of these. He's an individual that has seen some of my steps, some of my walks, some of my accomplishments and been inspired by it. And I appreciate that every time he compliments compliments me about it, because that means I got to work harder because I'm not through, Phil. I'm not through. OK, no, far from it. Yeah, I'm far not from through. But you're on the board. We, actually, the, we, we, we can't tell them right now, but I know we're working on a project. There you, you go. You can't be through until we no. at least do our project. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 man, don't get me mad, man. This pandemic got me stopping us, stopping us, stopping us. But we're going to get out there, man. Now, you're on yes. the board of the National Museum of African-American Music. Tell us about the museum. You know, I'm super excited about the National Museum of African American Music, which will be, uh, be in Nashville, Tennessee, opening. Uh, we're looking at a September opening. The pandemic has really impacted our, you know, opening, grand opening plans, but it's just all things black music, mm -hmm. R&B, jazz, uh, hip hop, reggae, gospel, uh, you, you name it. And just, and just, it's a really one destination located on 5th and Broadway in Nashville, Tennessee, right. directly across the street from Bridgestone Arena. And on the other entrance space is the Ryman Auditorium. Perfect location, but celebrating all things black music. We got artifacts in there. You got music interactive activities. I mean, it's a, mu it's a movie viewing room. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's now, incredible. now I know exactly what Bridgestone is in. I, I do a lot of concerts and Steve Hart and I went in there and sold that bad boy out several times now how did y'all get that location right there because that's a prime real estate location you're not buried at the end of the corner around the corner can't nobody see you you right at the, you're in a prime area Fifty-six thousand square feet dedicated yeah, to preserving yeah. educating and yeah. celebrating african-americans yeah. in their music come on talk about how you get that how do you you're on the board you got some inside information yeah, I, I got a little, I got a little inside. you come know on. originally the actual location was going to be on jefferson street okay. i don't know if you knew that but originally it was going to be on jefferson which is iconic an iconic street but um we ended up going downtown with the new development because the city of nashville and the state of tennessee i gotta tell you they've been extremely supportive of this whole you know the museum uh financial and otherwise and everyone thought why you know why have this tucked away from where we can actually put it prime real estate as part of this new Fifth and Broadway development that, you know, they just built brand spanking new right. and just to have it in the heart of the city. So just, you know, increase that foot traffic. Mm -hmm. Again, you can't get no better location than the Ryman, like the Bridgestone and some of the other, you know, bars and, and everything down here. But it's going to be restaurants in there and this whole new development. But it's, I mean, like the 56,000 square feet. Um, it's just, you know, again, there's the educational component, but I'm loving that it's about music and it's prime location that that's fine real estate right there Rashawn. you already know come on now the, the, the thing that this is what i like about it because of the fact that you you want to like i'm trying to do now doing this civil unrest i'm educating people and it's important so if you educate people they'll know why you frustrated why you're why there's a need to be upset and maybe you join the upset team okay instead of the confused team but whereas that means that other 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 than African-Americans will be able to, oh, what's that? And walk in there and comfortably enjoy the experience because the National Museum of African-American History and Culture in D.C. is off the chain. You can't even get yes, in sir. that place. And that's the yes, goal sir. of what you guys are trying to accomplish with the museum in Nashville, correct? Absolutely. And we're, we're I can't wait to people see it. I mean, it's, <laughs> I've seen all the sketches and I actually did a hard hat tour recently. Right. It is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Now, is it free admission or donations? How, how does that work? 
uh, as far as the entry? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there will be, uh, you can purchase tickets, you know, for to attend the museum, you know, but yeah, there'll be tickets and group sales available. Awesome. Uh, that is, that's important to say that. Now, has a, I know I'm talking in June. I just told, just turned June and September's a potential. Has a lineup been set yet or potential? This is what we're going to do on the inaugural day of the event because, you know, President Obama was at the inaugural event in, uh, in for the African American Museum. So what is that opening week or opening Opening day, looking like if you don't have it on your agenda yet, you can tell me. But I'm just trying to get some sneak, sneak, sneak peek information from my listeners. You know, originally, you know, before the pandemic, we had this elaborate, you know, bigger grand opening yes, set for September. But due to the, you know, the current circumstances, we're reevaluating everything to see what makes sense. But I will tell you that said, we have it's a huge, going to be a huge celebration either way. Even if we have to move the actual grand opening celebration back in two months we've got some big 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 names yes. uh, and even for our legend gala that we host you know annually deanna williams who you mentioned earlier the co-founder and mother of black music month she and i you know co-chaired uh you know the legend gala a couple of years ago and so we're actually going to co-chair uh the next one in honor i'll tell you one of the biggest artists in the world that's all i'll say i'll right. leave it right there well i know come on now go biggest right. artist come on now we, we got I'm them not going to mess. I'm not even going to mess with you like that. I'm not going to mess <laughs> with that because it's, it's only one. You know, Michael Jackson did. Okay, I, it, she she left out there by herself. Now I'm, I'm just going to say some shit. I don't know. I just said one of the biggest artists. It's all, <laughs> all open to interpretation. I love it. I love it. I love talking to you now. <laughs> let's, let's talk about uh, what are some of the ways in your eyes you see music industry changing over the next several years? Because you know we have we've seen how labels and and people are dropping their own music, the digital, the growth of digital and everything as far as the music industry is concerned. What do you see now with the music industry over the next several years, Phil? I, I see the uh, increased growth of our uh, independent labels. Yes. I think we're going to see even more. We've seen I mean, a huge rise already, but I think we're going to see more uh, uh, indie labels uh, popping up and just having more strategic partnerships with majors. There will always be a place for major record labels. Because the, the added services and the value they add with, you know, some of the accounts and on the think licensing level, there's a lot of value that majors add. So I still see majors having a place. I just think the relationship will change. I think we're going to see a huge increase of uh, independent labels and artists and producer only. I think we're going to wow. see a big rise. Of them. Right. Yeah. Right. I know I, in my intro, I just spoke generic. I said music industry, executive, television producer and all that stuff. But tell us about some of the artists that you, you, you manage and some of the people you've had at your label that you've worked with so people get a clear understanding feel of your body of work and why i'm so high on you you know your accomplishment at such a young age and your your television uh features that you've been out to that you pitched and as well as adam executed tell us about it a little bit more in detail and uh you know the floor is yours as they say phil <laughs> <laughs> Well, on the on the management side, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than I look, uh, but you know, I um, I've managed everyone from Faith Evans to Kenny Lattimore to the group SWV. You know, I was instrumental in reuniting them many years back and worked with them. So I've worked with a, a wide range there. Uh, I've managed actors, you know, Mac Wild. I even worked with Michael B. Jordan for a brief stint. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've worked with a wide range of talent. Um, in addition to producing some of, you know, great TV shows for Lifetime. I did a Surviving Content movie uh, that was, you know, biopic on Michelet. I've also done, you know, the R&B Divas series and The Man World on uh, for BET and TV One. Those shows have lived on. But yeah, just, you know, those are just 
some of the artists. And then on when I worked at a, my previous company, E1, you know, I worked with the likes of Layla Hathaway. We won three Grammys together for her live album. And had, you know, nine weeks to, nine weeks to number one with the song Angel. Mm. Uh, but also had the pleasure of working with the iconic Shirley Caesar. Mm. It was instrumental uh, working with my my family over at WNW, uh, you mm-hmm. know, to uh, secure her, her star on the Walk of Fame. On the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So again, so again, I, I've worked with some of the best, of the best, and I'm completely grateful. I would do it again, uh, but yeah, just grateful to have all these different touch points with people in TV, music, film. It's, it's incredible. Well, you know, well, the thing about it is, you know, I, I've been fortunate to slide along that same run, you know, being a talent manager, which is a whole different lane. And being a, a television producer is a whole different lane. Dropped a, a CD with uh, my man Osley, with Ronnie, Ron Osley back in the day when he was over at Island Records. So each genre called for a different hat. How do you manage all the different hats and maintain your sanity? My team. Mm-hmm. My team in each area, with each venture and each relationship, whether it's an artist I'm managing, whether it's a TV show I'm producing, yes, or whether it's my day-to-day at the label, it is the team in those respective areas that I rely on and trust and support because I may have the initial baby. You know how it is, Rashawn. We may have that initial idea, yes, but sir. we're nothing without the people to help us execute it. Yes, so I got to I got to give credit to my team. I could not do it. So whether it's my production crew on one of my TV or film projects, mm-hmm. or again my artists that I may manage, all of the day to day people, the accountants, the the attorneys, the assistants, like we couldn't do it without them. Right. So that that to me is how I'm able to balance and juggle it all. And it is a juggle, but I'm also making sure I'm getting, making time for me as well. My my mental, my physical, my, my just my overall standard. So that's important too. Awesome. Awesome. In closing, you know, I, I, you know, gospel music, does gospel music get the respect it gets as far as, uh, you know, you have pop, you have R&B, hip hop, and all these genres kind of like explode in, 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 in the industry as far as video or views, as far as sales. What and, and gospel has influences influences it all. You know, it, it, it's the it, it's the basis of everything happening. Pop, soul, R and B, all that hip hop. What what is what do what are your what is the state of your thoughts about gospel music as a genre when you talk about music in general? You know what gospel has gone back. You know, when you think back to the to the seventeenth century, man, mm-hmm. gospel has been around. Yes, it's sir. one of those beginning genres, the foundations of what we call American music to this day. Yes, sir. Uh, actually, actually, during the pandemic, gospel, interesting enough, was one of the few genres that we saw an increase in mm-hmm. streaming and downloads. Yes, sir. That 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 you know, so that that is a testament to the longevity and. No gospel is not going anywhere. I mean, we just did a versus online battle, uh, a celebration, should I say, with Kirk Franklin and Fred Hammond, you know, uh, just a, you know, a little while ago, and just to see the outpouring of love and support from everybody, from Kerry Washington to Snoop Dogg, just literally mm-hmm. a part of this celebration, and just to see the numbers and people celebrating, Rashawn, mm-hmm. gospel music mm-hmm. on the big stage. And so gospel, absolutely, I think it's going to get better. Some of these new artists, uh, in the marketplace, like your Corinne Hawthorne, your Travis Green, your Jonathan McReynolds, 
This it's a bright spot. It's a bright spot for gospel going forward. So we're going to continue to celebrate with Kurt Franklin and Yolanda Adams and our Mary Mary and the people we know and love. But we're also going to pay it forward. But I, th- I think the future looks extremely bright for gospel well, music. Well, you and the said, numbers look like that. And you said Travis Green. I love that young man. Lecrae. Yeah. Love that young man. Yeah, Lecrae. You know? Oh, that's my brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, as usual, I want to thank you for coming on the show. You owe me Kurt Franklin's video. And you owe yeah. me anybody else you need to drop. Bring in the Rashawn McDonald. I drop it on all my social media. I got a 90,000 fan club base that I send out every Friday at 9 a.m. Newsletter that goes out. I will support you, Phil. You are my man. You are my inspiration. Thank you. You're perfectly tied to the label. Inspiration is the number one label in gospel music. Phil, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. Thank you, Rashawn. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. If you want to hear more interviews, on all uh, that happened on Money Making Conversation, go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McGowan. I'm your host.